They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are... Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling! This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, and today's episode is brought to you and powered by tagmeadate.com, because wrestling night is now date night, and with that being said, my name is Chad, my tag team partner, his name is Primetime John Paz. John, how are you, buddy? Hey, yo, I'm doing pretty, 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 pretty good. All right, so today is a very, a very informative edition of the two-man Power Trip of Wrestling. It's the second part of our big-time uh, on-the-beach extravaganza at the Beachcomber in Seaside, New Jersey, where this time we are joined by WWE Hall of Famer Lita, who is now a trainer on Tough Enough. And also, our first guest, and that is former ECW heavyweight champion, formerly of the faction X-Factor, formerly of Aldo Montoya fame, and that is the man himself, a really good friend of the show, and that is the one and only Justin Credible. John, it was a great talk. We're going to have him on long form in the future. But I know you two have shared many a car rides together, and you get the show off going. And at a great pace, you talk about Jerry Lynn, but you start talking about the art of selling. And he's got a very cool, informative web series, Pro Wrestling 101. And we really get to talk about that. But there was one story in particular that I just, you had to get it on the air, and you definitely did. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, uh, we, we had talk, been talking about it uh, prior to the show. We were talking about selling and, and everything else because we were actually at a, at a show together um, uh, the weekend before for a, uh, for a league in uh, here in New Jersey, and we were just talking about how basically this one wrestler that was on the show completely went against selling uh, the fact that, that his old, former tag team partner had just turned on him and it was this huge angle, and, and it, you know, obviously it was, it was going to turn into this huge feud for the company, or just so you would think. But the guy who is supposedly one of the top baby faces didn't sell at all and basically washed away the attack and, and everything else in one, on one fell swoop just by not selling. And uh, it was great to talk to uh, PJ, or Justin Incredible, um, about selling, as, as you mentioned, because he talks about it so much um, on his web series on YouTube, the uh, Pro Wrestling 101, so it's just, it's, fu- it's funny that that, that story uh, basically was able to come full circle, because we also were talking about another story with him, with uh, Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, back when he used to see with Shawn Michaels, and uh, the selling that would go on then of, of how to, t- you know, basically take a beating, sell it, and the crowd 
crowd will get more into it because of your selling. You know, bottom line, uh, the guy uh, from this New Jersey show basically ruined his own angle. Yeah, and if there's anybody you're going to learn from uh, getting into the business, uh, and we know just from the stories that have been around, uh, Just Incredible has been around the best. And uh, that was definitely awesome, the way you got him to uh, describe the artist selling and the guys that he learned from, of course, being you know the members of the Click and uh, Shawn Michaels, Scott Hall, like you said. And, uh, yeah, very cool. And, you know, you got him also on a roll talking about his feud with Jerry Lynn, and, uh, you know, what What really, uh, what really brings to the front of your mind the feud with Jerry Lynn in ECW? Well, I, even when they uh, had matches in TNA, I even just, some something just clicks with those two. I mean, Jerry Lynn's an awesome worker. Obviously, Credible is a great worker. Um, but just something with those two, and, and forget about TNA, I mean, as, as we're talking about ECW, awesome, awesome matches in ECW. It was just like... Um, Almost like any time you just threw them in the ring together, no matter what they were trying to accomplish, or no matter what storyline you're trying to get over, or if they were just having a straight match, it was just awesome chemistry and just awesome matches. And I guess when you know two guys just click like that, you just tend to you know basically have gold um, on your TV, and um, you experience great matches and uh, just a great time. I guess in, in uh, Just Credible's career to be feuding with Jerry Lynn. Yeah, definitely, and it really uh, he he mentions it, and he's completely dead on. But uh, towards the end of his uh, his run in ECW and uh, into that that year two thousand, I mean, he really was in that upper echelon of uh, you know top workers in in the business. And uh, sometimes I don't think he gets his just due uh, because um, I don't know if it was just uh, I, I really don't know. It, it was it an ECW stigma? Did they just? Was he not able to get that right push after ECW? I remember when the WWF signed him off of ECW. I really expected big things because he had such a good run there. He had a great past with the WWF, and uh, I kind of think uh, he was underutilized uh, in his return. Although he did have a couple really good uh, tag matches with uh, his buddy Sean Waltman, as uh, the aforementioned X Factor, but. Uh, that's another story. And like I said, we'll maybe have him on down the road in a long-form uh, interview because there's so much to talk about. But check out Pro Wrestling 101 and definitely support Just Incredible. And uh, we will be right back with the WWE Hall of Famer, uh, former multiple-time women's champion, Lita. John, before we throw it to uh, Just Incredible, do you have any more closing remarks? I just want to say also check out the justincredible.com and he actually has a game out for your Android and iPhones, Just Incredible versus Robot Zombies. So check that out. It's pretty interesting. And there'll be more and more things coming from the man known as Just Incredible in the future. So please stay tuned. Are we all good? Keep that can go. Okay. Okay, this is the two man power trip of wrestling live from the Beachcomber at Seaside Heights, New Jersey. We're here with a good friend of ours, the one and only Just Incredible. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you for joining us, PJ. Oh, <laughs> good to hear you. Oh, yeah. How you doing? We're doing good. It's a beautiful day on the beach. Got primetime pods here as well. Now, uh, we're here at the Pro Wrestling Tees table here at the Beachcomber talking to former ECW World Heavyweight Champion, 
How you doing, Justin? What have you been up to? I'm uh, good. Uh, you know, staying busy on the independent scene and, uh, you know, out here uh, meeting the fans, enjoying the great weather, and uh, getting ready for a big show tonight out in Kingston, New York for uh, Nice. Now, one thing that uh, we were talking about on the, the ride up here, talking about your feud with Jerry Lynn. Can you just talk about working with Jerry and how awesome that feud is and, and how, you know, lasting it is with uh, people still remember how great it was? The funny thing is, uh, you know, Sound goes out, just play around with it. Put Jerry Lynn and I together. It was my first match at the ECW Arena, and it was his as well. And, uh, you know, really, it was just a, a match to get me over. And uh, we just went out there from, from Jump Street, had great chemistry, uh, worked very well together. And uh, Paul saw the chemistry there, and uh, it just really started that first night. And, uh, I mean, it's been amazing. Jerry Lynn is probably one of the most underrated and most talented wrestlers in the world. Uh, you know, I, I would say he's in my top 20 of all time. Uh, definitely one of the best I've ever been in the ring with. And I've been in the ring with John Cena, The Rock, uh, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. So, uh, Jerry Lynn's definitely uh, one of the best. Now, do you think that one of the things about ECW and the hardcore nature that your feud with Jerry Lynn, the fans took to it very, very well because maybe it was a little, a little something different you know, and you think that that was something that was needed at that time in ECW, that maybe it had a little bit of everything? Uh, I think so. I mean, you know, uh, first, of, first of all, I mean, Jerry taught me a lot. And uh, that style of wrestling, that back and forth, almost Japan style, uh, I had never done before. Um, you know, a lot of uh, innovative high spots, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, just stuff that wasn't being done. And uh, it really just, uh, I don't know, it just it was something that I think fans enjoyed to see a technical guy like Jerry, and then they also saw a bit of a brawler in me, you know, with the simple pendo sticks on the table with the Jerry, which we did incorporate in a very unique fashion, so I think the styles just melted very well together, and uh, if you can't have a good match with Jerry, then you can't have a good match, so. Yep. Now, can we just talk about how Paul went about telling you you know, you're going to win the ECW title, and how it meant to you to actually be the ECW champion, you, I mean, you had a great run with the ECW title. Well, Paul told me about 10 minutes before it actually happened. <laughs> uh, I had done something uh, prior to the show, in the show, I believe I had a promo or something like that. And, uh, you know, pretty much, it was, it was a unique situation because Taz had beaten Mike Awesome, uh, who was leaving for WCW. We actually had the ECW title under WCW contract. Right. So Taz came, uh, was lent over to us by Vince in the WWE and beat Mike Awesome. So then, of course, Tommy Dreamer got his shot that night at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia. And uh, right after Tommy Dreamer won, I went to the ring. A couple seconds later, he accepted the match. I hit him with the stick, kicked him in the stomach, dropped him on his head, and I was the ECW World Champion. So, Tommy Dreamer was the shortest reigning ECW World Champion of all time. <laughs> you talk a little bit about uh, Tommy and what it was like for him to put you over? Uh, you know, it, Tommy was, and Tommy was and is uh, one of the most unselfish guys in the business. He never, you know, his job was to get people over, and he knew that. Uh, he he would get, he would win more. Uh, how should I say? He would get over more with the fans by losing than by winning. Uh, that he had that sympathetic thing where you know he got his ass beat, but he kept fighting and kept getting up. And, um, you know, and, and that, that was his character. I mean, he, that's what he did. And he made a lot of superstars that way. 
he made me, he made Steve Marino, uh, C.W. Anderson. They had, a, you know, one of the biggest I quit matches in uh, ECW. He's made so many wrestlers, uh, you know, and, and that's how we did it. And uh, he became a star himself. Yeah, uh, probably a little bit underrated as far as that aspect. But one thing that he does really well, and it's been a big topic of conversation lately, is selling. Can you just talk to uh, us a little bit about selling and, and the lost art of selling? Um, I, I just think guys today, uh, you know, in the ring of honor and, you know, the independent scene that you see today, uh, you know, even TNA, guys, uh, you know, they do these fantastic, beautiful moves that I could never imagine doing, and you get right back up. So, in essence, what you're saying is that that move obviously didn't hurt that much because you're, you know, you're discrediting your own move by getting up right away or not taking the proper time. Fans these days, there's a difference between registering a move, you know, which means, you know, feeling it or selling it. You know, sometimes there's a difference that you've got a real... I always try to think of it this way. If I was in a real fight and somebody punches me a certain way or kicks me a certain way, how would it feel? How would it feel? How would I react? And, I mean, it's that simple. And I think guys are too much of a hurry to get to the next move. And when you lose, when you do that, you lose the crowd. You lose the emotion. But if you, you know, it's like Rocky and Apollo Creed when they were both, you know, climbing on, on the ropes in the movie. I mean, I'm dating myself with that reference. <laughs> but you're climbing to, to meet that 10 pound. I mean, that's two guys exhausted gave each other everything they have and they're still fighting and they're still wanting more. And I think these young kids, as phenomenal as they are, are really missing the boat. It's almost like get up and go to the next spot instead of actually selling. Yeah, you're you're doing you're you're basically doing an acrobat. You're you're out there, you're jumping, you're running, you're flipping, and you're doing impressive stuff, but uh, we forget that pro wrestling is supposed to be a competition. You know, we're not we're not a, we're not a stunt show. We're, we're supposed to be a competition where we're trying to win and lose matches. You know, we're trying to win matches, and uh, I think we get caught up in how many dives are we going to do, how many you know finishes are we going to kick out of for no reason. And that's another thing too. That's a trend, an alarming trend, even in the WWE, is now you're kicking out of everybody's finish two, three times a night. The reason that when you kick out of a finish is a big deal is because nobody kicks out of it. Now you expect, you know, somebody to kick out of a John Cena's finish or, you know, whoever's finished because everybody does it all the time. So, I mean, the more you go to the well, the less impact it's going to have and you're just limiting yourself down the line, uh, you know, when you really could use it. So I, I think that's another trend that I, I really don't like. And did that maybe lead you to your Pro Wrestling 101 YouTube series? Because that's been a crash course in the business, little by little, that you hit aspects that I guess every wrestler really needs to know. But what about, is that what, is selling is one of the things on the top of your list that made you get this series up and running? Well, I mean, uh, you know, after I did, uh, after I did, I've been clean and sober now two and a half years. And uh, when I first got sober, I did Colt Cabana's podcast. And after the podcast, um, he mentioned to me how, you know, how well he does and how many, you know, followers he has through his podcast. He suggested that, you know, these days, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to be on TV as much. If you get out on social media and become active and put out content on your own. So uh, I came up with the idea of uh, just doing these little five-minute tutorials on 
certain topics. Yes. Some, some I interviewed wrestlers. I've interviewed Terry Quaker, Lance Storm, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, you know, tons of gold dust, tons of people. And others, I, I hit topics like selling, locker room etiquette, uh, tag team wrestling, wrestling psychology. I even talk about referees, managers, uh, getting healed heat, selling injuries. Uh, you know, and, and, and actually, Steve Austin, I, I did the Steve Austin podcast about a year ago. Maybe a little less, but just last week, I forgot who he had on. Uh, but whoever he had on actually uh, put over the pro wrestling one because so many young kids uh, kind of need somewhere to go with, with, with you know, because who's out there to teach them? Back in, you know, when I was coming up, I, I was in the car with Sean and Razor and those guys learning from them. Um, nowadays, you've got these young kids learning from these young kids, and they really don't have uh, the resources that we did to pass the business along. So there's a lot of content out there, not just mine, just listening to, you know what, I just listen to Jim Ross and uh, Steve Austin's podcast, and if you listen carefully enough, there are gems in there of what we talk okay. about. Those guys are telling, you know, they're telling you like it is, and uh, just, you know, kids should be more receptive to who would you point to in your career as being maybe the one guy that taught you the, the basics and, and the, really the art of everything that is that you do in the ring? Uh, I mean, Lance Storm was the guy who trained me up at the hard camp. So I give a lot of credit to Lance. But with the psychology, uh, it would have to definitely be uh, Scott Ball. A lot of it was Tommy Draymond, and a lot of it was uh, Sean Paul. And another one was Kurt Angle's birth, God rest his soul. So definitely some of the you know, to get back on the point of uh, selling for a second here, you had told me a great story from uh, Scott Hall, who basically about how like, how to sell and how, how to yeah. you know yeah. how to get the crowd into the match. That he actually said he learned from Jake the Snake. Can you just go into that a little bit about uh, that awesome Scott Hall story. Now, as we uh, we wind down here, um, just got to ask you this. Obviously, you've had a lot of great, great matches and obviously a great story career, especially winning the ECW title, et cetera, et cetera. But do you have a favorite match or matches that you can pinpoint specifically that you would say, man, that's my favorite match? You, you know, you go back and you watch it. Like, I love that match. Um, there's, a, there's a couple. Uh, 
I don't like to watch my stuff back too much, but uh, the one one match I really enjoy is uh, Heat Wave '98 uh, with me and Jerry Lynn. That was uh, awesome. Yep. Classic. <laughs> and, uh, another one is Anarchy Rules with me and Sabu in 1999. And uh, there's been a couple other good ones that I've done. Uh, one of my favorites, just hard, was uh, for three PW, a small uh, independent out of Philadelphia. I beat Terry Funk with a super kick to win the three PW title. Nice. Although, uh, the match wasn't that great, we just rolled, but uh, it was an honor to have Terry Funk take me over. Hey, in the record book, it goes down. You beat Terry Funk. You beat the legend Terry Funk. Now, you mentioned Jerry Lynn before. Jerry Lynn, obviously, awesome, awesome, underrated wrestler. But do you have another favorite opponent that you just love to get in the ring with? You just click with? You had great chemistry? awesome now a uh, very uh, hot button topic obviously not really with WWE so much but with uh, UFC is a guy that made his WWE debut against you and that was CM Punk what was he like to work with CM Punk yep um, he was easy he was great uh, he was very humble he was very appreciative and, uh, after, you know after the match he actually came up to me in tears he was so happy the way the match went hell of a match actually yeah yep, yep. back and forth match and uh, he was so now you look back on your career, and obviously, you know, we, we look back to the WWF era, we look at ECW, then you experience the, uh, the Attitude Era and everything afterwards, but what would you say that your legacy, or maybe even, you know, what you're feeling your stamp is on the business that you're going to leave as you actually prepare to wind down your career? I don't know. I just, I guess, I guess I'll mostly be known for my ECW stuff. Uh, I just want to go down as, uh, you know, somebody who just worked hard, loved his business, and for a brief moment in time, I was, you know, one of the top ten guys, performers of the world. You know, so, uh, you know, the year 2000 was, uh, you know, I was right up there with the Benoit, with the Triple H's, with Ben Dam. You know, that made me feel good, so... Uh, I just like to remember somebody Definitely. And now, where we, where can we find everything there is to find just incredible on the internet and I guess in your local town, your local neighborhood, professional wrestling? Sure. Um, follow me on Twitter at PJ Palaco, O L A C O, Facebook, um, on Facebook.com backslash PJ also just incredible. If you go to YouTube, my Pro Wrestling 101, just go onto the search bar and uh, put in Pro Wrestling 101. You'll get about 40, 50 videos of uh, you know, all kidding and kind of wrestling insight. And uh, my website, www.thejustincredible.com, where it pretty much links everything together. It's one-stop shopping. And uh, Pro Wrestling TV. 
Scott Tom Backside's Trust and Trailer. I have a wonderful store there with six great shirts. And, uh, you know, go check that out as well. All right. Well, thank you yep. so much. We really awesome. appreciate you coming on and look to doing it again in the future. Thanks, thank you. Guys, thank you, VJ. All right. And we're back taking a little trip down ECW memory lane and also talking about selling and the art of working in professional wrestling and breaking into the business. And it kind of directly ties into our next guest, which I mentioned is WWE Hall of Famer Lita. Now, Lita is a trainer on Tough Enough, and uh, really uh, this season so far has uh, kind of been very fast-moving, and when we spoke to Lita, it was just coming off the first uh, week, and I guess they had the first round of cuts that were filmed by the WWE Network, and Primetime had to tag out for this one, so this one is just uh, Chad Solo, but with that being said, we talked about uh, how the Tough Enough filming was going, but John, what do you think so far about Tough Enough and how the, the format has been with having the trainers but then also having the panel and having the pretty you know, enigmatic host in Chris Jericho so far? It's definitely interesting. It's definitely different than they've done in the past. Um, I feel like with Tough Enough, though, we are missing some things uh, that we were seeing in, in the prior Tough Enough. Like the actual training and stuff. I mean, we're almost like fast forwarded through what they have the have the guys go through because you know they're they're going through a lot more than what they're showing on the TV there, and I feel like it's uh, a little harder now to pick, you know, favorites or pick somebody you want to go for on the show. But uh, so far, I'm really enjoying uh, Lita, Billy Gunn, and uh, Booker T as the um, the trainers. Now, what do you think uh, as trainers? Um, you know, she specifically, well, I'll just say trainer, she specifically brings to the table because one of the things that we mentioned briefly is the fact that they're not going through the traditional way you used to break into the business. And we know with the story of Lita, she had to go down to Mexico and kind of uh, find her way, um, you know, through all the different uh, systems down there to uh, get some proper training. And we know the style uh, is, is very much different than uh, – you know, some of the other uh, females training professional wrestling in the mid-90s, but uh, what do you think about the difference in how you can break into the business these days with just simply a uh, pretty impressive tape submission and you could be well on your way to uh, superstardom? Yeah, I feel like um, a lot of the wrestlers probably are not too thrilled. I'm sure maybe even leaders, some of the trainers aren't too thrilled that basically these people get a shortcut into, you know, the biggest wrestling company, you know, going, the WWE, well, in the United States, at least. Um, the WWE, you basically get a shortcut right in, and you're just, uh, you know, you're on TV already and everything else. I feel like that's perhaps a little unfair to the guys that have been wrestling for many, many, many years and, you know, had a breakthrough, just like Lita had a breakthrough, and, and so many other guys, even, let's just say, uh, Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson, who was wrestling for years before, you know, WWE picked him up, and he was wrestling on every country all around the world. So it's, uh, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't say it's uh, blasphemous, but it's it's unfair. It's just very, it's, yeah, I would say it's unfair. It's just very different. And that it's like that crop that they have there is, uh, you know, Billy Gunn and Booker T and Lita. I mean, they've seen it all, done it all. And uh, I guess if you're going to learn from anybody that can still really get in the ring and, and get dirty, it's uh, the three of them. But just 
turns specifically back into Lita's career. Now, she talks about what her favorite matches, and she says she switches it up from what she would normally say, and I don't want to spoil it because I want you to listen, but uh, what are some of your memories about uh, Lita and the competition that, uh, you know, she really changed the, uh, the way uh, women's wrestling was perceived in the WWF slash E in the late 90s, early 2000s? You know, it's funny, before she really hit the scene, you wouldn't think of women's wrestling. I mean, you had, like, Medusa and a couple of really good women's wrestlers. Obviously, a bunch of the uh, Japanese women were great. But you don't really think of them as, like, great high flyers or great athletes or, or like, risk takers, per se. Um, maybe some of the Japanese women. But, I mean, Lita, I feel like, you know, quote-unquote Team Extreme, she really, really took it to another level and just kind of showed, like, these crop of divas that are out there now and even the, the girls at NXT who are doing great. It's almost showing them, like, hey, you guys can have your own character. You guys can stand out. You guys can be different. But also you can be athletic. You can be a risk taker. You know, you can basically be balls to the wall, but be a women's wrestler and be a diva and still be, you know, very pretty, very attractive uh, woman and, and still get the job done in the ring. Yeah, totally, completely agree uh, with you 100% on that. And keeping with the theme of this show, I think uh, with that crop of trainers that is out there now, uh, both just incredible earlier in the show and then with also Lita sharing their knowledge, I think uh, that's one good thing we can say about the next generation. If you take anything from listening to this is that there's a lot of knowledge to be shared out there, and there's no shortage of teachers so as long as you find the right way, I guess everybody can get seasoned the way, uh, you know, us fans uh, and admirers uh, deem it acceptable, right? Oh, yeah. Very, very true. So with that being said, prime time, we're going to send it down the road to the interview with Lita. But before we do that, we want to mention our sponsors today, tagmeadate.com. They have a very special promotion in place for our listeners and that is when you sign up for their site, normally it's one month free. But because you listen to the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast, you're going to get three months free. That's right, three months free. And I know there's a lot of people out there looking for their perfect match. And since wrestling night is now date night, I'm sure you could probably cuddle up. You could probably find the person you're looking for. Settle in, and why don't you throw on, hmm, let me see, what's a great, uh, what's a just incredible match, something from ECW, a nice hardcore uh, bedlam melee. Actually, you know what, how about we'll just go with, you can sit down and watch Just Incredible's victory, taking the ECW championship away from uh, Tommy Dreamer. Maybe that could be your one, but primetime, what else can you do with tagmeadate.com? Well, you can create your very own promo video to be the first thing others see on your profile. Along with a picture, you have the option to create a short promo video about yourself. Tell those potential matches who you are by showcasing that personality of yours. Do you have the mic skills to compete? Create a lifetime tag team partner with that special someone. Tagmeadate.com Oh yeah, and of course, TagMeADate.com, great sponsor of the two-man power trip of wrestling, but now it's time for a little two-man power trip of wrestling business in prime time. As I like to say, the floor is yours. Yes, two-man power trip of wrestling on YouTube. Please subscribe to us on there. promise you won't regret it. We put new videos up at least three times a week, so you always get something new and exciting. 
and sometimes we'll get some special surprises, like we just put up another clip of Kane, some good stuff from the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and coming soon, you get a little clip from Jake the Snake Roberts, so you check out for that. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube, please, uh, excuse me, on iTunes, sorry about that. Uh, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear some feedback from you. That is iTunes, Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Pal and at Two Man Power Trip. And of course, the website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. And on the website, you will see on the upper left hand corner a Bombas link. Please. Click on that link, and you will get access to the greatest sock of all time. Not only will you get a pair, but when you buy one, one gets donated to the homeless as well. So you will not regret it. Bombas, they are the greatest sock in the history of socks. So you want to get at least one pair of those. So now, without any further ado, we send it off to the luscious Blita. Please enjoy. Okay, joining us live here at the Beachcomber in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, is WWE Hall of Famer and the legendary Lita. Thank you for joining us. How's it going? It's going fantastic. Now, you know you've had a big week. It just came from WWE Toughen Up the first week of that. What are your thoughts on it, and how was it? Man, it was, it was incredible. Uh, I was there with Booker T and Billy Gunn, and, of course, us all having cut our teeth and, and didn't end up just accidentally we didn't we didn't sign up for a tv show to be on there um it's hard not to have just a slight bit of all right what do these kids have that sent in a video to be on a tv show you know i mean like you just can't have, yep. have a little bit of that yep. like tucked away somewhere yeah yeah but i'll tell you what like man those kids, those kids brought it and the ones that didn't were like gone in an instant so oh, yeah <laughs> So it, it was really, I'm, I was excited about doing this show. Yeah. But jumping in for three days in the mini camp and seeing what I'm going to have to work with for the next 10 weeks, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited um, to develop these people just potentially as WWE superstars or potentially they don't make it. And just to have had a super unique experience, I think they're, if they weren't in before this camp, right. you know what I mean? Like, yep. with their heart and 100% in, yep. they're in. Right. And each one of them, and especially the ones that maybe come from an acting background or a football background, made it a point, came over to me and said, yeah, what you do is, is really, really hard. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to be pushed this hard, and I have a whole new level of respect for what you did. Yeah. I appreciate them coming up and saying, yep. so, uh, Game on. There you go. And not all of them can, I guess, head down to Mexico and cut their teeth, head into lucha, uh, lucha shows like you did, and really uh, get in on a, on a very specific way that you did. You followed your dream. You went down to Mexico. You learned that way. These kids, it's 40 kids, send it in tapes. The dynamics change. Social media has changed the game. But what would you say in watching the first set of cuts happen? What is the reaction? Are they let down right away and knowing that they got in a completely back door in terms of a competition versus really cutting their teeth? Yeah, I mean, that, the first group of cuts was, was the easiest to make, even though there's, there's some, you know, that, that were still a bummer. You know, you just can't have everybody on the show. Um, 
in those, I can't speak for as much because I do think some of them were like, well, fine, whatever, screw you then. You know what I mean? There was a little bit yeah. of that. Yep. But even the ones that were cut, I think the, the final cut were like, all right, it just as easily could have been me or the person next to me right. because it was pretty tough competition. I mean, as far as everybody... There wasn't like substantial laggards because, you know, we kind of, we went through over 11,000 videos to yep. get the 40 that were there in the first place. So, uh, I mean, I, I just, I think that, and I'd be curious if there wasn't just a hair of relief that they weren't the ones chosen when they had to walk yeah, out the door. Ex exactly. Now your team is Billy Gunn and who else? Booker T and yourself. Yeah, myself, Billy Gunn and Booker T. We'll be in the trenches. Okay. We're going to be there the most with the kids. Right. And training them, taking them through the paces, along with the guys in a performance center. I mean, yeah. They've got unlimited resources there. Yeah. Um, not just popping in, filming a TV show and leaving. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Exa so, yep, exactly. So they're going to get some really, really good hands-on experience. Right. Um, and then Paige, Hogan, and Daniel right. Bryan yeah. are going to come in and, and kind of go, all right, what do you guys have? Yeah. Along with Jericho throwing in his two cents, hosting the show and, and seeing what a lineup. So um, I think myself, Booker T, and Billy Dunn really have the advantage as far as really getting to know them, helping them out, being able to push the ones that we see something in, knowing what Paige and Hogan and Daniel Bryan are going to be looking for, having been in their spot. Right. And um, so um, I, I already feel myself kind of developing an attachment to the kids right. and. I'm not known for being super emotional, but like, I, I think I think we might see a tear or two in some oh eliminations boy. because I'm getting attached to those kids already. Awesome. Now, before we let you go, it's a kind of a generic question, but we have to ask it, but you're a WWE Hall of Famer, multiple women's championships, what is your all-time favorite match and your favorite opponent? Okay. Man, this is the I've been in. You, well, you, hey, you just you, asked the question. You can take it either way you want it. As a fan, would be even. I think that would be even more intriguing to know. Like, yeah, let's hear that as a fan. Um, you know, so I remember a, a match I, I was watching. Uh, Victoria and I were in a, a double babyface feud at the time. And so I was kind of going back and doing some research. Like, oh, what stood out to me and everything. And it was a Sean and Brett match. Um, okay. Double babyface Sean and Brett. And just, just watching these two incredible personalities and athletes have have this you know match I uh, that it stands out to me and I think it's twofold it's like number one I was watching it from entertainment like wow this is a great match mm -hmm. whether I'd ever make a dollar in the business or not it's a great match but then watching it and I, I was I was in school for an hour watching that match and re-watching that match and just having a, a like profound level of respect yeah. for, for that match. So I've never said that as my answer before, but when you said that and give me a second to think, that's what that's what popped that's in awesome. my head. Something else might pop in my head. I'm not lying if in another interview I say it's another. <laughs> it's just day of the week flavor of the month awesome. because there, there are so many great, great matches. Um, like my children. You can't pick just one. Exactly. Now, where can we find everything there is for Lita on the internet, social media? Where can the fans find Lita? 
think you just Google that stuff now. It all comes up, and half of it's wrong. But, there you go. But, but it's up for you to, to figure it out. And, of course, for the next 10 weeks um, on the WWE Tough Enough app, which I um, Hunter asked me, I think it was, maybe Kevin Dunn, someone, someone you know, mildly important, was like, yeah, you know, on the app, do you have the app on your phone? I was like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, this morning, this morning I did download right. the app. And there's, there's lots of stuff about me on there. Who knew? There you so, go. Uh, Tough Enough app is definitely the place to, to find the, the latest stuff of what I've got going on. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lita. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Nice talking to you. All right.